I had Logan Paul on my million. podcast. Would Logan do it with me? <laughs> Logan would kick your ass, I think. Mm. You're riding a fantastic wave. How could you not make some mistakes along the way? Think How can you be for small government and then have the government dictate all these things you. in your personal life, exactly. right? You idiots. idiots. You got it completely wrong. Can't you just wake up <laughs> exactly. and stop? Exactly. I was walking down the hallway like a dotted bull with a needle sticking out of my ass. Tell me the five steps to like, to the gates of point where someone like you would say, I want this guy in my life. I want to help this guy. Hey, JB here, the Wolf of Wall Street in the Wolf's Den at home. Of course, the Wolf's Den has moved because we're all on Corona lockdown. I have an awesome podcast for you today, part two of the Ben Baller interview, which I divided in half because it was so long and so much awesome information because Ben is just a freaking force of nature. Before we get to my interview with Ben, I want to share some thoughts with you on what's going on right now and what you can do to really make sure that you take this time to be the best you can actually be and don't fall into a rut. Don't fall into negativity. Don't fall into average and don't buy into the fact that the world happens to you. Just remember this. In the same way that Wall Street is what we call a leading economic indicator. It's a leading indicator. Right now, Wall Street, every day, it reflects what it thinks will be happening in six to nine months from now. It is a leading indicator. So when the market goes up, it means they think that in the future, things are gonna get better. That's why very often when you see really great news that's been pending for a while, like the bailout, when the bailout happened, those days before the bailout, the stock market rallied like crazy with thousands of points, right? Then when it's actually announced, what happens? The day it's announced, the actual market goes down. That's the old adage, buy on rumor, sell on news. Buy on rumor, sell on news. Meaning that because the market is forward looking, when people are expecting something to happen, the market rises. But when it actually happens, the profits from that positive event are already built into the price of the stock market. So the market then starts to sell off and go back down. Remember that when you invest? Remember that when you're looking at those stock charts that any news you might have, if you have that news, it's already factored into the price of the stock. You can't look at news and say, oh wow, all this news, the stock's gonna go up. No, no, no. The stock's already up reflecting that news. The price of the stock, whether it will go up or down in the future, will be based on what happens next, what hasn't happened yet. Stocks at, because remember the stock market is forward looking. That means each individual stock is forward looking as well. How that relates to your life is like this. Guess what? Your investment in yourself is actually the opposite of that. You see, when you invest in yourself, you don't actually see the result. Investment in yourself is a lagging indicator. All the work that you do right now, all the studying, all the mastering of the required skills of success, meaning learning the skills of entrepreneurship, learning your marketing online and offline. How do you place those great ads on Facebook and on Google and so forth? How do you learn to advertise offline as well, whether it's through telemarketing, door to door, whatever that you do to, to get your word about your product out there, right? Invest in yourself. Grow yourself, learning how to close the deal, selling yourself and selling products. How do you become a world-class closer? I teach a system called the straight line. You probably know that, right? Learn that system, grow yourself. But all of that work, all of that investment in time and money when you buy things that you buy books and you buy products that grow you, that educate you, guess what? You spend the money first, but the result comes later. Success is a lagging indicator. It's the opposite of the stock market. Success is a lagging indicator, meaning it happens after you do all the work. Success is the mirror that comes out six months later. The stock market's a forward-looking, success is backwards-looking. That's the devil's trap in becoming successful. 
is that you say to yourself, I'm doing all this work and I'm not getting the result. I'm doing all this work. I'm not getting the result. You keep working and studying and growing and investing and you're not getting rich. You're like, ah, it just doesn't work. No, that's the way it's supposed to be. Success is a lagging indicator. It's the work that you do now. It's all the hours that you put in growing yourself as a human being, studying, learning, mastering skills and strategies and tactics. All of those things ultimately lead to success down the road. The metaphor I always use is the tree and its roots. And then you have also on top of those roots, you have the trunk and then you have the branches, the leaves, and ultimately the fruits, the fruits of your labor. So the fruits are the great stuff that happens after, right? But remember this, it's the roots that yield the fruits, not the other way around. First, you have to grow your roots before you ever will see the fruits. Same thing goes in success. It's all the work that you do. It's the strategies you learn, the tactics that you perfect, and all that hard work that you put in to grow yourself as a human being. Those are your roots. And by laying that strong foundation, those roots, ultimately, yes, then you will see massive fruits. Don't buy into the devil's trap that... I'm working really hard and not getting the results, so maybe I'm just not meant for success. I'm studying all this stuff. I've learned all this stuff. It's not paying off. Why should I keep investing in myself? Why should I keep learning and growing? It doesn't work. No. It's meant to be that way. Stay the course, especially now, especially during a time like this when you have the ability to spend time growing yourself, learning. Take this time and don't waste it. I promise you one thing above all, that we will, as a country, be okay. We will. I'm not going to tell you what day. It might take three months. It might take six. It might take a year. This country will come back and be stronger than ever. And if you are not part of that recovery, if you miss this recovery and don't end up in an even better spot than you're in now, shame on you. This does not have to be a death sentence for you or your family. There are no hopes and dreams that will be permanently dashed because of this. They're simply put on hold temporarily. And for many of you, if you're smart right now, you could already be moving forward and going towards your dreams. And with that, let's get down to part two of Ben Baller because he is awesome. We're going to kick some ass together here and I'll see you on the other side and give you a final note goodbye. This is a perfect time now to take a brief pause here and I'm gonna give everybody here a gift. I'm gonna give everybody here free access to the introduction and the first training module to the formalized straight line certification program. This is a system that I sell for $5,000 here to individuals, to large corporations, medium-sized corporations as well, right? It's a very robust, interactive training with quizzes and exams. It's ultimately a diploma-based course that changes people's lives. But I figure what I'll do, there's like 12 or 13 modules, but I'm going to give everybody, this is not one of those free things where I say, and you have to enter your credit card, and I hope you don't then forget to cancel. No, no, no. I'm talking, I'm talking really free. I'm going to just simply give you a link and you sign up for it and you get access to the introduction then the first training module, which is the five core elements of the straight line, cracking the code for sales and influence. This alone will change your existence. So just understanding what has to go into getting someone to buy from you. And again, there's no obligation. You're not putting a credit card in. Um, you have to just enter your information here. And then after you're done, once you've gone through this, if you want to keep going, then we can have a conversation about you picking up with the rest of the train. But this first part of it is free. My gift to you. All right. Let me give you the link. The link is jordanbelfort.com. Simple, right? Slash bonus. B-O-N-U-S. So after you're done listening to this podcast, go to jordanbelfort.com slash. That's a forward slash bonus. B-O-N-U-S. 
and you'll be on a page. You enter your information, and that will give you access to this incredibly robust training. You're going to get the introduction and the first module, which includes the quizzes, the exercises. And I promise you that when you're done with this first module, you are going to be blown away. Always prepare and always brace yourself. It's it's tough to leave your card your guard down, right? I just felt like, look, man, I've done so much fucking up before I turned 40. I'm 47 now, and I feel like, look at man, I still have a great time. I just don't have that reckless behavior. I'd say, look at man, a lot of you guys have invested in nothing. Some of you guys feel like, oh, this is cool. I'm not saying you can't go vacation or anything. I just think that people weren't braced for this. They weren't prepared for this. They weren't saving. They weren't doing anything else. They weren't thinking about it. I think, you know, Warren Buffett has a great saying. He's a lot of great sayings, but one that's appropriate for these days, the end times, is that when the tide comes out, you start to see who is swimming with no clothes on. You start to see really who can actually sustain something like this and who is just kind of playing at, you know, being wealthy, having a successful business versus someone that. Because if you have a successful business, you'll weather this. You know, you'll take a hit. Things will slow down. But I believe that... Yeah. What you, you know, these type of situations, as bad as they are, they actually make you stronger because what it forces you to lean up, it forces you to really take a. If you, so, my advice to any entrepreneur right now is this is the time where you take a really close microscopic and macroscopic view of your company, of all your businesses, and you start saying, you know what? This, now we start to make those tough decisions that you didn't want to make before. And I don't mean just firing people. I'm talking about maybe just cutting out business lines that weren't making sense. You know, you know things that you were emotionally attached to. You know, you can always say, blame it on coronavirus right now, to actually lean up right. your business and redirect your efforts onto A, what was working in the past, and also to be aware that there, I believe at least, is going to be some major shifts in psychology and in buying habits that are not going to go away very soon. I, I think there's, you're going to see shifts in the way people act, the way people purchase things, the way they socialize, the way they travel. I think eventually over time, things will come back relatively close, but I think there's going to be some pain here, and I think there's going to be certain industries that really just by nature of that are going to thrive, and I think others are going to suffer. Like, for instance, I would not want to be in the restaurant business, right? I just wouldn't. I mean, I'm not saying you, oh, and, and I'm not saying you can't make money in the restaurant business because a great restaurateur will always find a way. But it's just simply, you know, you're swimming against the current right now. And I, I'm talking about like in June, July. I don't even think that even after people are allowed to, I think it's going to be. Of kind of people are going to dip their toe in the water and eventually people forget, but I think it takes time. I think that there's going to be certain industries that then benefit massively. Things like online learning. So in, in my business, my online learning is exploding and my live events is done. It's dead right now. You know, people are canceling or postponing, right? So, you know, I've taken a look at my business and I said, okay, you know, not what was working just in the past, but in a post-corona world, how does that look? How does my operation look? What things are going to essentially happen that will cause the wind to be at my back and what's going to cause the wind to be in my face? And I'm making those decisions accordingly right now because I think you can prognosticate at least somewhat. And that's what you're doing right now. You're saying, listen, your obvious things like cleaning, things, it makes sense, right? What parts of your business do you think, what, are there any parts of your business that just concern you for the next year or so and that you'd probably say, this is going to be the last things to come back and other parts that you say, I'm going to put the pedal to the metal? Well, I, I know that sounds crazy, right? I, I, I have been talking about a recession for even when I, when I, when I interviewed you on my show. I, I said, I think a recession's coming. Um, I think I asked you about that. And so I've kind of been preparing for this. And with that said, I've kind of been, even though I know I was looking at a ridiculous house, I was looking at a ridiculous car, I still scaled back. And when it came to buying gold, right now all the jewelers that are out that are just like, they do well. They're not crazy about, you know, manufacturing, but they do very well for themselves. They can't buy gold right now. Mm. And it's manufacturing gold because gold is, you know, it's, it's good. What's I, the price curve? What's the price today? Spot price. Uh, today is uh, like 1485. Okay. An ounce. So, um, I remember know, when it was 5,000. Remember that? Yeah. 2012. 
And I remember, and I remember when it was three hundred. You know what I mean, like two eighty five. Me too. Like, Me too. Now this is the thing. How about but this? People, I remember when it was thirty five dollars, Ben. Okay, I, I, was remember the, <laughs> I was a kid. It was thirty five dollars an ounce. So this is the crazy part about gold. The first time I went to Dubai was in two thousand eight, and I saw somebody pay for their hotel bill with fucking gold coins. Two grands like, now, and with gold. And I walked crew? up and I was like, "Excuse me, I have a question. I'm sorry." <laughs> was you guys were you doing some kind of an exchange? He goes, Oh no, sir, that's you know, it's it's accepted currency here. I said, Did you just say it's accepted currency? Then I remember going to Dubai Mall and I remember seeing that they had machines like vending machines selling gold bars there. And I was like, really? yeah, fucking kidding me. Yeah, so I was able to um um to 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 buy a gold bar there, gold coins. Anyways, with that being said, I had a buddy of mine who was in going through some really bad times and he sold me a bunch of gold you know, $50 American Eagle coins. And he's like, listen, give me spot. I'm like, you sure? And he goes, yeah, just give me spot. And um, he wanted spot at what, what he saw it last as. It traded different on that Monday when he he hit me on a Saturday. On Monday, it traded different. And I was like, hey, bro. He goes, Ben, listen, man, I don't give a fuck. I just need the money. And I was like, all right, dog, okay. So he wanted eleven fifty a coin. It was like thirteen twenty five on Monday. The coins should be about fifteen hundred to fifteen fifty because there's a premium of a hundred dollars per coin because they're actual tangible items. Right. So I bought all these coins for you know right then and there off that one deal. You know I made almost seven hundred thousand dollars on this deal because he's just he didn't care. He wanted the coins out because he was really going through bad times and he had I don't I don't want to get into what he did for a living, but he was he was it was in a bad situation. So all this had happened in the last eight months, and I was like, you know what, man, I think we should chill now. The way that my business has ran compared to any other jeweler out there that makes custom pieces, these guys will take any job. They'll do a $3,000 job, $5,000, $20,000. They don't give a fuck. They'll do celebrities here and there. I have a waiting list. So if you want to buy a piece from me, it's a quarter million dollar minimum job, boom, here and there. I'm fucking so fortunate that the next seven people that are getting chains, they've already paid until next year. They've paid me all up front. Right. So I have that going. I'm hoping, I'm banking by January or February, economy's back to somewhat normal and that I'll be back in gear. And with that said, I got a six-month lenience uh, deferred payment on my mortgage. I got some other things. And, and I'm just trying to, because I was really worried. I'm not going to lie to you. Even though I had I, I had a nest egg, still worried. You know, I don't mm. like to see this happen. And what happens is people are like, well, if you're good, well, I have a mom, I have in-laws, I have a cousin, I have brothers. I have people who rely on me. I, I feed 18 different people that I give them jobs. I have to help other people out. So I want to make sure I'm extra good because I could continue to help them. So um, I've backed up on the, like, how do I say this? Any of the big diamonds right now, we, we've, we've got rid of in the last, like, 60 days. So I don't have to worry about sitting on a fucking 5-carat, 10-carat diamond when nobody's going to fucking buy a 5-10-carat diamond for the next year. It might even be longer, you know what I mean? Unless even the Saudis have been very quiet during this time as far as buying and stuff. Yeah, well, the price of oil is the Holy Christ. I, I can't yeah. believe I've not seen oil this cheap. Bro, I, 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 we were stuck in the house. My wife's in the house for 30 days because my son got sick. She's left once or twice, not really far, five minutes away. I've left twice in the last 30 days. I decided to pack the kids up. We drove to Malibu, sanitized the, 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 the truck, went, got in the car, all three kids, and we just took a drive all the way deep down the coast and just drove I filled the car up. I cannot tell you the last time I put premium in my car for two dollars and eighty-five cents. I it was just four sixty right next to my house, and I'm like, regular gas is fucking two thirty. I've never in Atlanta it's one sixty. You know how much of that's taxes, by the way. The actual cost of the gas is probably like fifty cents. Most of that's just state taxes and federal taxes on the gas. Yeah, I, I know Cali's really bad. I'm just saying. In Atlanta, wow. I just saw a gas station for a dollar sixty for pre, and I was like, I haven't seen that since the fucking since the early nineties. Like, yeah. this is insane. But bottom line is, the Saudis, they're usually no matter what, they're consistently buying pieces every month here and there. I haven't heard a fucking word from my Saudis in two months. Do you know anybody who's um, been impacted by this personally? Like my daughter had Corona, by the way. My daughter uh, was one of the first people in New York. I know she did. I I, I reached out to you about it. Yeah, um, and she had it so bad. She's better now, but you know, do you know anybody that's been impacted? So fifteen of my friends, uh, two of them are getting. They're, they're probably just about clear now. Two of my friends just cleared. Uh, one of them is still in the hospital. He got really, really sick in Italy. His lungs seized, 
and um, he he's just fucked up. Um, one of my boys who's from New York, he's from upstate. He, this is crazy. I, I, I interviewed him on my podcast. He was supposed to meet up with me after he met this girl that gave him the coronavirus. I was supposed to meet him. I wouldn't have had a mask on because this is my boy. This is my wife's best friend's husband. We've been friends for 15 years. I would have just chilled with him. He ended up going home. He got everyone in his house sick. And now his grandma's probably going to die in the next 48 hours. And he's not going to be able to see her because obviously they, you know, they can't see each other. Yeah. So it's like he feels terrible. He's gone into depression now because of it. He got his dad and his mom sick. He didn't get his kids sick, which was great, but he quarantined himself. And it's like, you know, I have that many fucking friends who have it. It's fucking crazy. What do you think is the acceptable number of deaths let me well you don't 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 freak out let me finish here in other words because when they ask no no because it's a weird no it's a weird question because the really answer obviously is zero right because we're human beings but i want to go deeper i want you to think of it more abstractly trump was asked that question he goes zero because that's what any human being will say whether you hate him right. or love him of course you're going to say zero the question really is though is that there is some bizarre abstract equation that says at what point does the cost of keeping the economy closed create more death and poverty than keeping it open so it's actually you're actually you literally are causing more death so what what is is do you believe that equation exists you know what i'm saying words, imagine that there's a real number that if x amount of people die because of this how do you make that decision or can you make that decision or do you have to just say since one is abstract and the other is you can actually see them dying in the hospital we can only focus on the ones that are dying in the hospital we can't project out a year you see what i'm saying is there an equation yeah. for that i i don't know man you know right now what are we at currently is it 2500 what is what do we have right now in u.s Hold on, 28, 28, 153. Okay, so, so my, here's, my, here's, here's my thinking. It's always been like this. I believe that the death rate, mortality is much lower because I believe, there's, I believe there's probably 3 million people infected already that either have just not shown symptoms or had I, mild I symptoms and recovered. Right? I believe that. And I think the problem is, though, now that I see this Chinese number, what I'm thinking is, because I didn't know this before, is that it's just so yeah. wildly infectious that everyone fucking gets it. Like it's so even yeah. though, even if it's 0.1%, but if 200 million people catch it, that's fucking 2 million. <laughs> that's the problem. That, that's yeah. the missing link there. Because if it's that contagious. But this, is, this is where I'm at with it. I don't want, okay, we're at 2,800. Uh, now, look at, of course, zero is the, the number you give, right? Right. I would love, and I know the doctor, Fauci, what the fuck his name is. Fauci. He said a hundred thousand. I, I would love to be it. I would love it for it to be ten thousand. I know it sounds crazy, right? I would love, but I think that. So what? Okay. So my cousin's an ER doctor. My wife's three cousins are head RNs at like four different of the biggest hospitals here. I have a bunch of respiratory therapist friends. Everything else. They're telling me there's a lot of deaths that haven't even been calculated yet. They're just, it gets, it takes a while, you know? I mean, look at New York City. It's so fucking sad to see all those ice trucks out there in the hospitals taking the dead bodies because, you know, they, they have to put them in the in the frozen trucks and stuff. And um, maybe not everyone's calculated it yet. You know, who knows how many total deaths there's, there's going to, but I mean, I would love it to be at 10. I just think, man, that, I don't know, man. It's a, Well, here's what, because here's what Fauci said. He basically said that even with all this social distancing and lockup, it's still going to be about 100,000. That's what he was oh, saying. Oh, he, he, he did? At, and, and without it, it would have been 2 million. That was what he said yesterday, that even with all of this stuff... I didn't know it was 100,000 with, with us distancing. I thought it was 100,000. Oh, my God. No, no, unless I'm mistaken, what he was saying was that, that he would expect this to end up being at 100,000 if we do everything right. That's what he said. And without We're not going to do everything was, right, though, Jordan. You know that. These people are fucking and, if, and without it, two million. That's what he said yesterday. So I was, what didn't, occur, what didn't make sense to me is like, well, but China only has 2,500 deaths. Now 
it makes a bit more yeah. sense to me. The panic yeah. makes more sense at that bigger number. So I'm really, I, you know, I, I don't even want to say I'm interested to find out because I don't want to find that. It's a morbid thing to even say. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see how this turns. I mean, fucking hey, you know, like, you know, you know, I never wanted to be more, I never wanted to be more right in my life. I want to be right so badly. And you want me to be right that no one's really going to like I, my point was no. And in reality, yeah. my point was, is that, yeah. hey, it's going to be the biggest my thinking was it's going to be wildly overstated and maybe five or 10,000 people will die. That was so, I hope I'm right. Unfortunately now, well, with numbers I'm hearing this. out of China, it yeah. looks less likely. I didn't, I didn't say this yesterday, but my wife had said something about my comment to your page. And she said, let me ask you a question. And she, she's pretty on top of it. You know my wife is, but my wife doesn't speak on social or nothing. And, and she asked me, she said, hey, let me ask you a question and be honest. I know you being the greedy fucking miser, fucking money-hungry cocksucker you are. And I was like, that's really fucked up for you to say about me, babe. You know what I mean? I've supported our family and I've, we've lived a, we live a beautiful life and everything. And she's like, no, but you're really good with money and it must be like the part, you know, Jewish side of your family, whatever. And it's just, she's making <laughs> jokes, but she's like, be honest. Do you think, you know, if this goes where you think it's going to go? Because I met her during the recession and uh, she's like, do you think it'd get, it's going to be worse than that 2008, 2009, first of all. Number two, she's like, do you think that people are going to commit suicide if it gets that bad? And because Jordan said, you know, it's going to fuck up people. I, I was like, that's one part I can't argue with him. He, he's he, he he's right. I'm not now starting, you know putting the economy back to work and everything and everything, getting people sick. I, don't, I can't, I can't agree with that one, but what he's saying about people dying, he's not lying, babe. I mean, people are going to fucking, you know, again, I already said people are two weeks, three, three checks away or two checks away from, you know, from being on the street, right? Imagine two more months of this shit. Do you know? Yeah, man. I really do think that people are going to either lose their mind, go fucking crazy. They have kids to feed everything else. Fuck. Yeah. People are going to, I mean, I don't want them to, but I think that suicide is definitely, it's going to happen. You know what's interesting is that my post had nothing to do with me making money. I'm going to make money no matter what. I'm not <laughs> going to be, no, I'm not going to be affected, but I'm going to come out just fine. I will. And I'm, I'm not saying it's, it'll hurt me like it hurts you, but I, I wasn't speaking like, let's go back to work because I want to make money. That wasn't what I was saying at all. I think that's what the most of the people interpreted it that way. That's no, 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 no. That was not what I meant. Even in one, one, by even any stretch, I'm going to make money always. I'm a salesman. I got to always make money. What I was saying was, is the average person are the one rich people are going to still be rich. I'm talking that the reverberations down to the people who were barely skating by the ramifications to those, not to me. I don't care if we stay shit. I'm going to survive for two, three months or a year, okay? Yeah, I'll cut back. I'll make a big fucking deal. Come on, my life's, I'm not even, I'm, I'm older now. I don't spend money like that anymore. I was talking about the average person, the implications to yeah. them. That's what I meant, not to me. But the easiest way to misinterpret somebody is on the internet. And I think that people maybe misinterpret you. I didn't think of you as like, oh, this fucking motherfucking piece of shit, cocksucker, Jordan, you fuck. I'm not thinking that. I was just like, all right, we disagree here and there. Boom. I understood what you were saying, though. That's why, you know, I understood. Yeah. What, what, what my question is, not even related to this, is this analyst went on CNBC and uh, I forgot if he was actually wealthy himself, but he's, he's a stock trader, oh, everything, you name across the board. He's saying that if we are shut down till June 1st or end of May, he said that the Hilton hotels could be closing their doors. Fuck bankruptcy because they're done. They just won't even be able to, they're, 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 they're at zero occupancy at so many locations and all this I disagree. Stuff. I disagree. Yeah. I, no, was, absolutely not. I, 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 I okay. strongly, I don't think anyone has a crystal ball for this, right? But right. you have to believe that the government, and it will be right, to support, to bail out these companies that were not acting irresponsible. Let me, let me go back. The whole okay. reason that bailouts by the government are considered bad is because it creates what's called a moral hazard, meaning that bankers go out there and they lend wildly and spend wildly and take big bonuses because they know that if the shit hits the fan, the government will bail them out because they're too big to fail. So we call that when you bail someone out, 
it becomes a moral hazard. It encourages bad behavior. So we can play big knowing that the government's always going to stand behind us. So that's why in 2008, with the crisis, and fuck, let's not bail out all the Wall Street guys because they fucking did this to themselves knowing right. that the government and the taxpayer would always be there. So that's called creating a moral hazard. That does not exist here. This is not because... Hilton played too big or GM fucked up or Wall Street made a mistake. No, this is a fucking calamity based on a virus. It's an, it's a, a, you know, a, what they call a black swan event. It's nobody's fault. So I, so that's why you don't hear the other side saying, wait, no, we shouldn't bail them out because it's a moral hazard. It's all about moral hazard. So that doesn't exist right now. So I'm sure I am certain that the government, and I believe they should stand behind businesses that were functioning well before this happened to make sure that they are back in business. As long as there should be controls put on them to make sure that so, the money so is used correctly. So you don't think United Amer and American Airlines are going to go out of business? No, no. Absolutely that, that not. Makes, that makes me feel a lot better, though. That, Absolutely that. not. No way. They can't be allowed to go out of business because there is so many jobs, and it's not the fault of American Airlines. Unlike in 2008, when there was actually culpability, people stole money. They did things that were completely asinine, and they milked the economy. They said, oh, wait, give us money now. Or even when the automakers mismanaged themselves into bankruptcy, and then you say, well, get bail us out. That's a moral hazard. There's no moral hazard here because it's a fucking virus. This is, this is everybody at once getting screwed. In the same way, the healthcare system right now, you know, you can kick and scream that everyone fucked up with the response, but the truth is the healthcare system is not designed to deal with a pandemic. It's just not. It's designed to but, deal with... What? But let me ask you a question, okay? Now, I'm sorry. Sure. Listen, I know this is your interview, interviewing me, and I'm sorry, but, I, but there's so many things I want to know that you Tell have me, answers please. to that I don't. The 17-year-old kid in Lancaster, California, he dies because they denied him at the urgent care because he didn't have insurance. How, like, how do you feel about that? Like, that's fucking crazy, right? Like, So I, I heard about, so obviously, of course, that's insane and stupid and ridiculous that that should happen. I heard, though, that he did not die of COVID. Wasn't it that he died of something else, it turned out? Or was it COVID? It was COVID, and his dad gave it to him. His dad was an Uber driver. Okay, so I, I, so okay, so maybe it's a different case. But either way, of course, that's fucking insane and stupid and ridiculous that that could happen in the society. Yeah, that's that's insane, almost now, now, borderline criminal. Now, now, my next thing is is real quick is is I've decided to f when 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 my daughter turned to, I said, you know what, I was building a house. When she was like six months, I built it from the ground up. I bought in the neighborhood that had great schools. Reason why people. Great schools, George right. Clooney. Like I've, I have J.K. Simmons. I have a lot of these, you know, white celebrities. You know, that live in my neighborhood, and I was like, you know what? Let me build this home. Boom! It, I've never seen nothing like it. Nothing is on the market for two weeks. It just does well. My house had went up like six hundred grand in value. Boom! Here and there, and um, you know, it's it's just it's just great. But then I saw a house in Beverly Hills that my buddy was looking at. It was nineteen million dollars in in December. I just saw it yesterday and 12? it's down to 14 and i'm like and my boy's like hey man but this cocksucker bought this house for seven in 2009 and he put like two million into it so he's nine so listen i'm gonna get this bitch down to 12 and i'm like i don't <laughs> know man and he thinks he will i'm like bro why would you buy a toy he goes because i want this house i'm like bro don't buy no fucking house right now you fucking nuts my question to you is what do you i mean because i never hear you talk about real estate you talk about stocks and everything i know what real estate happened to the, what do you think happened to real estate market then I think that what you're going to find is there's going to be certain pockets that are always going to do really, really well. For example, you have the ultra insane, crazy $50 million plus houses that are by the ultra rich and those will always get bought and sold by crazy, stupid, rich people. The houses that were formerly in that $20 million range, I believe are going to get destroyed and go. That's yeah. why so I said 12. I think that you're looking at 30%. <laughs> I think you're looking at 30 or 40% corrections in that, that market. But then I think you're always going to find lots of buyers in that 900 to 2 million, 2 to 3 million, that lower bracket is still going to be healthy. Right. It might correct 10% down. But once this passes, I think that portion of the market will still be strong. I think that's that middle, that, 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 you know, let's call it like eight to 20 million, I think is the yeah. market that, cause those are the people that aren't like 
they're rich, but they're not like obscenely rich. And yeah. they're all stretching and then trying to buy the nice house within the best school district and so forth. Because let's face it, at a certain point, it's not the house. It's where the house is that makes it so expensive. You take a house in Beverly Hills, take that same house and move it out to Arizona. And it's instead of 40 million, it's 3 million. Seriously, that's right. how, how insane right. it is, right? So you have yeah. the super rich people. They're always going to buy because they just don't care because they're worth you know half a billion plus. It's that aspiring person worth 10, 20 million dollars that's leveraging up and extending there with their, their, their deposits coming from the sale of another house typically. And they'll let, that's the part I think that gets temporarily hit really, really hard. But one thing that real estate does show you is that over the long term, if you don't over leverage and you have patience, it's a very good investment even when you buy at the wrong time, but obviously you want to buy at the right time, but right, it's right, the, the right. problem starts though when you buy at the wrong time with leverage. So if you're not overly leveraged and you're buying something to, to me is like, for instance, there's a big difference between buying a primary residence where you're going to want to raise your family and have memories with your children growing up. That That's an emotional, there's an emotional component that's not so much on, is it a good investment? You want your kids to be in a safe place with 100%. great schools and around the right people, right? So there's a value to that as well. Um, but when it comes to investing in real estate as an investment, then you want to be a lot more careful and also be very careful about putting too much leverage on. Because right now, this is where you're going to see the frauds exposed. You're going to see all the people that were up oh, to no I good agree. in the real estate market. Just gonna, In the next six months, you're going to see them taken away in handcuffs. You're going to see the indictments come of all the people that were trying to I leverage agree. up and fake it till they make it. That's what you're going to see. I guarantee that. On Instagram, posting the fucking, on Instagram, acting like they're fucking, you know, they're, they're in the billionaire club, but they're not. They're like right in that $25 million pocket, yeah. but they're trying to get to that billion dollar level yep. and they're fucking doing that multi-low marketing bullshit. I will say this. You, you made a good point when you said the, the timing. In about three weeks to five weeks, the timing for the people who do have some money saved up to buy a Rolex or to buy a chain or anything is going to be the best fucking timing in the world. Every motherfucking guy on Instagram that bought a fucking watch to show off on the fucking on the internet and show they had this, this, and this, they're all going to fu- they're they're going to they're going to have to fucking liquidate their shit. Tell me, and- all right, I want to know, I want your advice here. Tell me what watches you should buy because I'll buy some of those watches. I like watches. Oh, what what man. do you rec- What are the watches to buy? Okay, let me tell you some real quick. The rich attorney, the rich doctor. A rich Jewish successful businessman, there's no way you're not going to see one successful New York, Hampton, fucking Boca Raton, Florida, you know, Beverly Hills. You want a stainless steel Daytona. You want a Rolex Daytona, age 2001 to 2020. These watches have never gone below retail. These watches are going for even thousands above retail. I predict a in 2009, they became the ceramic uh, bezel, and that was with the newer, new, newer model. And then in 2016, they had the new Cosmograph that was like super, super hard to get, and they're going for like fucking shit, five, six, seven, even up to ten, twenty thousand dollars over sticker. These watches are going to come down to retail or below retail now, and I'm just waiting for so one of these. So, Rolex is the best brand for trading. The thing is this. Paddock, like you said before, Paddock is already, uh, you know, catering only to the 40 plus, oh, to the right. people who had, you know, I'm wearing uh, a Paddock now and like, you know, um, they're, they're never, they're never, they don't give a fuck. They're never going to be, they, that's not what they do. Rolex, what they did was they decided to tell everybody that the watches are not for sale anymore. If you go to a Rolex boutique in Beverly Hills a year ago, the, the sh- shelves are bare and empty as if they got robbed. It didn't make any sense. I saw, I went to Norway, I went to Tokyo, I went to China, Vegas, everywhere, even the flagship store in Macau. They're, they're empty, and they made it seem like... Then I found out that they're actually making double the amount of watches, and they were selling the watches, and Rolex was the hottest thing since for the last three years. Now, Rolex is going to go back to fucking 2012 days where you're going to find them 35% under and everything else, maybe even less. So you want to buy a stainless steel Submariner. You want to buy a stainless steel Daytona. You are going to fucking... That is guaranteed money in the bank, Jordan. You're just basically what putting years? money... What's the best years for that? I think for for the for the for the for the Submariner, you want to buy a 2008 or newer, and for you, 
The same thing for the Daytona. 2008 or newer, stainless steel only. Stainless steel is the most desirable amongst the, all the wealthy people. And there's so many people on Instagram that were buying these watches because they were getting them somehow, overpaying them, whatever. And now the fake collectors, all the all the clowns that are fucking have these Instagram pages and flossing all these rented cars and these watches and everything, all those guys are going to have to liquidate their shit. And I can't wait because, not saying it's wrong, but it's like, yo, man, you guys bought at the wrong time. And... You know, my wife wants a fucking Daytona really bad, so I don't want to pay fucking, you know. How much should a Daytona price. go for? What's the what's the actual price, sticker price of it? For a stainless like, steel. Like I said, uh, about 13500 and I think there's going to be some 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 going for 10000 12000 when they were going for fucking thirty grand at one point. They were going so hot. The thing is this, Jordan, no matter fucking what, like you said, without a correction or not, the Daytona is just because of Paul Newman and what the history of it is, that watch is going to, it's like if you have 20 or you have 15 grand, 16 grand, and you have 16 grand cash in your pocket, you put in a watch and you just, all you did was just switch your money from one place to another. That's all you did. You, you, it's guaranteed. The only thing I'm saying is these guys put their last fucking dollar so they can get that Instagram post. Some of these motherfuckers might have been financing, <laughs> who knows, and they want to show off. I'm telling you, I see these guys, they go rent a car at Platinum Motorsport. They go rent a, a Lamborghini. They rent it for three days, then they go and save it up and get these fucking cars, and they take 80 different pictures and seven different backgrounds, beach, the fucking a garage, the street, Sunset Boulevard, they take all these pictures and have content, and they just fucking, it just gets recycled all over the place, and they do these stupid-ass pictures, then they get their friends to do the same thing, and a lot of fake watch collectors will be exposed after this, 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 you know, this next month. How do you guys who are listening to this podcast actually go buy a watch safely at wholesale? How do you do that? Is was there any sites that you recommend? Or any, how do you do more? There, there's a really, really, really amazing watch site called SwissLuxury.com. They were the most solid. At one point, I'm embarrassed to even say this. I was buying watches from them and then reselling them for my for for. They were giving the best deals. They're based in Florida. And uh, SwissLuxury.com, and it was just fucking amazing, man. It was it was insane. And some people, like, you know, for the real Rolex collectors, like, uh, when you get a Rolex card, you know, after 2008, they or, yeah, 2008, they gave you, like, a credit card. You could slide it at a Rolex dealer or anywhere, and it would show you the serial number, and it's real, you know. And some people would be like, oh, man, that card's from Germany. Oh, that card's from Mexico. That card's from Brazil. Bitch, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Like, you want a USA card. Listen, dog, I don't give a fuck. Listen, man. That fucking Ferrari, that 2019 Ferrari 488 Pista, it's the same in Mexico as it is in Compton, <laughs> as it is in the South Bronx, as it is in where the fuck you are. That car is legit. You know what I'm saying? Some of these people are they're like, oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't want a a German uh, Rolex identity you know, card. Fuck you. I so want how do you get a watch card. then? If you if it, if it's no longer is it you can't do it online anymore? You gotta just know you can, someone. You can. And I'm just saying, Swiss luxury is not. I just think that. Um, I said this last week, right? I said, listen, if I had to to restart all over, I would own a fucking pawn shop right now and become a fucking, I'd have, I'd have $20 million by the end of the year. You know, what I, mean? I would buy, I can't even tell you. Do you know, you don't even understand. I have an uncle who owned a pawn shop and he wears, his whole outfit costs $45. This guy fucking wears, buys his clothes at Target. I had no fucking idea the insane amount of, he had like a million dollars in guitars. He had fucking so much shit. He had, I can't, he was buying guns for $25. You know, he's buying, you know, Rolexes for fucking 1800 bucks. He just had so much shit. And I was like, hey, Uncle Man, what are you going to do? You're going to give it to you know, to um, my cousin. And he's like, and uh, he's going to have to fucking earn this shit. I'm like, what are you going to do? He goes, I don't know. But I mean, I wish I owned a pawn shop at the, in this area. This is crazy because people are, you know, I, I made an announcement on my podcast uh, that just dropped a couple hours ago. I say, listen, if any of you guys have some Warhols, cause art rolexes anything let me know i'll cash you out like you know and and, that, and then people are like oh you're taking advantage i said no i'm not if that's that's their fault for not you know for preparing for a situation like this and whatever and i want to help them i can give them cash you know like you know dollar bills they want to fucking wire whatever it is but jordan your best thing right now is because you do have it in about five weeks i'm telling you you're gonna have somebody that you know that you played golf with or anything that's gonna need to get rid of their watch and i'm telling you don't even think twice about it. Just fucking jump in it, man. How about, uh, what else? Not a Rolex. What's the number second best watch to buy? Or just Rolex and nothing? Dude, the thing is, the, the Rolex is like the Mercedes. It just has such a wide spectrum of, of, you know, they have their lower end, they have their high end. It just always trades the best. It always resells the best. Paddock, of course, is the greatest. Audemars is my favorite watch brand. But Audemars is not going to take the same kind of hit. It will definitely, I'm looking at everything across the board. 
But what I'm saying is Rolex, you right now you're gonna win because Love they it. were fucking people for the last three years. Do you know what I mean? Now they gotta fucking, you know, pay the piper. Um um cars, I wouldn't even fucking get involved. Cars have been going cars were going to shit before exotic car business was going to shit before yeah. this even happened. So what's you know, your that's, what's your what's your feeling like? Um in terms of you know motivating people, I, I do a lot of that. You know, for people around the world, what do you, what in your take in that? Like right now, what would you say to you know the average person out there who's you know not in poverty, but someone who's like was trucking along in that position that you spoke with, like you know really on the way up, but now their whole world has been you know the rug's been pulled out from underneath their feet. What would you say to those people? What's the the mindset? that they need to have right now to get through this and ultimately even to get to a better place where they were before this started? I would say, um, listen, man, always prepare and always brace yourself. It's it's tough to leave your, card, your guard down, right? I just felt like, look, man, I've done so much fucking up before I turned 40. I'm 47 now, and I feel like, look, man, I still have a great time. I just don't have that reckless behavior you know, that, that, that Belfort behavior, you know, that, that fucking, that early on thing, I'd say, look at man, you know, a lot of you guys have invested in nothing, you know, you had enough to maybe put away here and there, even if it was fucking gold, at least have some gold bars for your kids, some gold coins, something, you guys have had nothing, some of you guys feel like, oh, this is cool, I'm not saying you can't go vacation or anything, I just think that people weren't braced for this, they weren't prepared for this, they weren't saving, they weren't doing anything else, they weren't thinking about it, they were thinking about fucking, you know, I don't know, just doing other shit, I mean, like you said, the guys who were trucking along, I see some of these people, were, were they got caught up in buying, you know, Gucci shoes and, and you know, um, Chanel bags and things for their wives and I'm just like man listen don't do that shit unless you really have it you know I, I I tell people all the time look man if you're in that middle class look I wouldn't buy shit unless you had 10 times that and it was nothing you got a paycheck all right well you could spend one tenth of that paycheck and go buy that because it's nothing you have the rest of it you could figure out I just I just want people to brace themselves for anything you know because what's to say this doesn't happen again in 10 years I don't know, you know, I just tell people, I was like, hey man, I know it sounds shitty and it sounds like, you know, but I'm trying to make a positive thing about it. It's like, now when something sucky happens, you're sitting back in your house kind of, cre- you know, you're chilling. Right. You have the AC or the heater on, whatever, and you're like, all right, well, you know, let's wait this out, let's figure it out. And you know, um, my heart feels for people and at the end of the day though, my kids are good. They're having a good time. They don't understand what's going on. And I don't want them to just at the moment because they're too young. I want them to have fun. You know, they're getting a little homeschool. We're going to go swimming in a little bit. I want them to enjoy, you know, because we had, I had it fucked up growing up. I, you know, I, we didn't live, you know, how you told me how your parents lived. We didn't live. I probably lived, you know, even less than that. And, um, you know, it's not, the, the motivational thing is this, man. Trust the system. Trust the, tr- trust the, trust investing in something than just doing your 401k or your fucking basic bank account. I never believed in those things. Do you know? Because of people like you, you know? And I know, look, you play stocks, you you, you know, you play with the fucking bulls, you're going to get the fucking horns, right? You play and you do. But at the same time, man, it's like you have to somehow, if you never gambled in your life, like what the fuck are you doing, man? Do you know? You got people who never gambled. People gambled and they lost. Boom. At least there's something to say. You got someone who didn't gamble at all and they're sitting in their house with their fucking thumb up their ass. They don't know what the fuck to do right now. And they're like, damn, I should have did something. Well, you could have because there are people who invested in the right things and certain things. I mean, think about the guys. There was a guy in China that I knew who I won't say because his dad's well super famous, but he's like, yo, listen, I'm going to start this fucking N95 mask thing because it's a mask is a big culture in China. Right. This fucking guy started this shit in 2017. Do you want to know what kind of he made fifty million dollars in this fucking pandemic, man? It's insane. You know, my my thoughts are is that this is so easy right now to be sitting home and using this as an excuse as to why your life didn't turn out the way you wanted, and still feeling okay about yourself. Like it wasn't my fault. It just happened. It was out of my control. And the danger with that is that you can use it as an excuse to almost down-regulate your own belief in what you're capable of and where your life is going. And I just want to make sure that people don't do that because here's the deal. I don't care what crisis you can go back to in history. At times of adversity, there's always great opportunity. Opportunity to make money, opportunity to, to start a new business, opportunity to reinvent yourself. As long as you don't get caught up in the narrative that the world's happening to me and, you know, circumstances beyond my control 
put me in this spot. It ain't my fault. So I guess I could be happy living not quite as grand a life and just sort of accepting my fate. And this is the danger. And I want everyone to realize that number one, Use this time, A, stay in shape. Just keep exercising. That's for me, I make 100%. it a point. Because without that, you just like literally, your energy level goes down and energy is the key. And exercise your mind too though. Yeah, you get negative, you get depressed. Number two, use this to, to learn. What I don't care what it is. Learn something, master some skill that you know that you need to master because it stands you in good stead going forward. But it could be even a hobby, anything that you want to do. Don't just use this to watch fucking Netflix or to do, just Do you like, want to know what I'm doing? I'm just, tell me. Said, wait, why am I smiling? Tell me. I want to learn three languages in the next two months. There you go. Because it's going to fucking change my business a million percent. I want to be fluent in Chinese. I want to be fluent in fucking Japanese. And I want to brush up my Korean and get all this shit because I'm going to fucking sweep that up. There you With go. What you said a second ago, you said don't sit here and think, oh, well, boom. I went the opposite. I'm exactly. like, this is my, this is my motherfucking fault. Exactly. I'm in the worst position. Even though I have a great situation for most, fuck that. I got nothing. And now they're trying to take it even more from me. So I'm going to go out here and fucking take everything from fucking everyone. I'm coming out here, beating everyone down. I'm going to fucking not fuck this. I'm literally acting as if I had COVID. I had everything happen against me. <laughs> my world is crumbled. And now I'm about to go build myself go. up. And I'm being honest with you, though. That's how I've taken it. I'm like, people are like, yo, man, why don't you chill out? Like, chill out. You go chill out, motherfucker. Yeah. You I'm know what? no vacation for me. I promise you this to everyone listening. The future is coming and it's going to be bright again. I promise you. I can't tell you what day. Right. But I promise yeah. you that what, at some point, this will be a memory, and it's the actions that you took now. It's what you did today and tomorrow and the next day. It's how you handled this crisis that's going to decide which direction your life goes in going forward. It's not set in stone. You create your own path. You make your own way, and it no, happens no. now. It's these days that define you. So just remember that. Don't buy into the false narrative that... This has done something to me. Yes, whatever's happened has happened. Yeah. Now you take it and you redirect your energy. You make the best of it. You learn, you grow, you get strong. Got you. And, and when this is over, you soar to even greater heights of success. 100%. That's the best advice ever. There you, you go, know, buddy. I, and with that, buddy, I can talk to you all day. Let's do this again soon. I'd love to, <laughs> For sure. You know, especially hey man, the next I, few weeks, let's make it make a weekly thing or something just to like talk and exchange ideas. You know, and it's fun and it's great. 100%. You're an uplifting guy and... Dude, nothing but massive respect for you and the way you handle oh, man. yourself. Jordan, let me say Seriously. one last thing to you. I'm, I'm really so glad that you didn't take offense. I had no ill will towards you. Of course I didn't not. Want any, I, didn't direct, I didn't direct any neg. I really do respect you. And I said, listen, man, we're just disagreeing on something. And you know what? You, you understood a little bit more with the Chinese numbers now. And I said, look, man, I, I, I can't tell Jordan how much even though that wasn't him directly, it was Leonardo, just how much of that motivated me to, other, motivated me to do other things. Me meeting you, me talking to you. I just want to say thank you, man. I my really pleasure. appreciate just you. Just remember this to everyone listening. You know, my view, Ben's view, your views should evolve every single day based on the information you get. There's no, you, you could only make your decisions based on the latest information you have. Information is power. Educate yourself. Learn. Read. Don't hide your head in the sand right now. Keep abreast of what's going on. And most importantly, invest in yourself right now. Grow yourself. Learn what you got to learn. And I promise this is going to end up being an interesting time to remember, but you will end up better <laughs> off for it. For sure. All right. For sure, man. Love you. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it. God bless Love, you and your bro. family. All right, so that wraps up part two with Ben Baller. Listen, Ben, you are the best. I want to thank you for coming on again. We got to do this every week or at least every few weeks, especially while this is going on. You're an inspiration. You're a legend. One of my favorite people. God bless. Take care.